previously on Creek Chat. I don't know who's going back to Capeside, but we're going to see Capeside. Also, I think we're going to get a Gail or Betsy sighting. You know I want to see Betsy. Frank Potter's making a motherfucking comeback. Hitting home runs without a care in the world. Oh shit, you're Dawson. Dude, your film was awesome. I thought you were a director, Dawson. Because he's better at making movies than any of these people. You're going to go be this famous director, which... Good luck with that, idiot. Patience go see, hold strong. <laughs> it's awful. She's like, no, you can stick around. You're way cuter anyhow. And I was like, have you seen his goatee? I was too fixated on the terrible fucking goatee. What are, you, what are your odds that there's at least one more death before the show is over? You don't have to wait. Because every Monday we are back with a new episode of the show Crew Chat. Welcome to 50 Randy Quaid's Presents Creek Chat. I am your host, JT Gigantic Scuzz Bucket Bunny. And with me, the best guest in the West, in the East and the North and the South, and every other direction you can imagine. Yo, it's me, it's me, it's the most fantastic guest that you will ever hear and not see, Chucky motherfucking B. And we're here to talk to you about three episodes from season six of Dawson's Creek, 10 through 12. The final cut! You know, that's right. We are in the final season. This is it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the home stretch. And you know what that means? Lots of home runs. You did pretty well here. We'll talk about that as we get into your predictions for these episodes. Now, you did kind of get into a breakdown of each individual one as we went along, but I'm just going to read it all in one go. And then I'll do the breakdowns. It's just way more fun that way for me, at least. You know, now that we've gone this far in, I'm going to bring it up. I hope our listeners enjoy that. I just pretty much read back verbatim what Chuck B said the episode before. I hope they enjoy my interpretation of it because I know I do. Yeah. I have a good time. And here we go. We got Merry Mayhem, Day Out of Days, and All the Right Moves. First, you came in with a pre-end of the episode prediction and said straight up, Frank Potter's making a motherfucking comeback this season. Oh. Let's call that one. No man on base. Smashing that's, it. That's like, a, that's like a first pitch of the game. First pitch of the game. Home run. Chuck B. Out of the park. Boom. That's a way to start, though. That's a good way to start. When you said that, I didn't remember. Again, that's the great thing about it is I don't remember either. I was like, he has to come back at some point. I didn't expect him to show up the first episode. Right away. Immediately, he's just like, when she says to Audrey, oh, my dad will be there. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, is he not going to show up, though? Is that going to be some of the drama here? We'll get to it. Nope. We'll get to it. All right, so in this next three-pack, we are, okay, so this is our Christmas episode. And we know it's going to be fucking crazy, right? Just from the mayhem that can go down, fucking Supernatural is going to be super fucking creepy and keep trying to fuck Audrey. I know you wanted to jump and say home run. Okay, sure. But of course it's going to be mayhem. They put it in the fucking title, Chuck. You can't call a home run for just pointing out a word they gave you. I'll give you a double. Some of the some of the titles mean nothing. You're right. But I'm, that's why I'm going to give you a double for it, though. Because they give it to you. I'm going to take a triple. You, I stole third. Let's hear how you continue to predict before we say what you stole. Supernatural is going to keep trying to fuck Audrey. No. 
Pacey's going to be like, dude, get the fuck off her. Stop trying to fuck her. Also, stop looking at this hot British chick because I'm also fucking her on the side. Now, something real interesting does kind of happen there, but they're not fucking. Well, they might be fucking. That's the thing. We'll find out about it. And then Supernatural is like, don't worry. I'm only into fucking girls that are super depressed and vulnerable. Jen's like, I'm just going to pretend to be super depressed and vulnerable. That way I can get me some of that Supernatural. Jen, we're going to talk about Jen because I don't like her this whole season. They've written her. I really, I'm like, I think that's a double. I don't think she's pretending to be anything, though. No, I don't think she's pretending to be anything. But why is she at the stand? Does she... Does she not know that she can just like sit wherever she wants and then stand up and give people hugs? She doesn't have to go to the stand where they sit so they can stand to give a I hug. I think it's because she wants to show Supernatural up at this point. Like, I can come here. I can come to your joint. I can come to your home base and I can master this thing and I can be better at it than you. She said it to him in the parking garage at the no doubt concert yeah but now she's all like doing that like now she's all like getting taught how to do shit and like she's all having this flirty flirtations with fucking supernatural we're gonna we're gonna gonna get to that and she's like like she's like supernatural's not that bad of a guy i don't think let's not go down that path yet because i got some things to say about it like mm, i'm just very disappointed with a lot of things right now let's continue fucking jack and david still just kind of kicking it like what up 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 and then they're like fucking like doing that you know like what i'm saying what a home run honestly yes i'm gonna give you a home run for that because their storyline is like yeah it's progressing but it's so background it's so minimal they'll give them segments but it's like Yo, I'm getting tested. Okay, cool. Sending out the message. It's good to get tested. Get screened for sexually transmitted diseases. Everyone, it's yeah. smart to do, and that's. But then there's like just they kind of pop in and out, and they make little snide remarks. They talk to Joey for a little bit one time, but yeah, it's just like what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up. It, it is exactly what like I was. That was a good prediction on Chucky B's part. When I was listening to it, my when part. I was listening to it earlier, I didn't really think of how good it was until we just talked about it here, and it was the best prediction you probably could have given for them because it's about as accurate as they gave us. All right, exactly. Joey and Eddie are just going to keep learning a little bit about each other, and fucking something's going to happen. Uh, they're going back to Cape Side and the Merry Mayhem, and I don't know who is going back to Cape Side, but we're going to see Cape Side. Also, I think we're going to get a Gale and Betsy sighting. Uh, boom. We also got bonus. We got, like I predicted earlier, Alexander. We got some We got some Alexander. We also got Bodie. We got Alexander with lines and Bodie with no lines, but still in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I might have been half of his face on screen, but I saw Home him. Run. And I was like, Bodie. Home run. Home run. You, it's like. You got about four runs. I marked out. You got about out. four runs, five runs knocked in right now, I'd say. Yeah, this is like this is like an all-star game for me. And let's say there's one out in the first inning still. So you're doing good. You're doing well. All right, Crush let's move it. on. So is it day out of D-A-Z-E? I feel like it's going to be an episode that's heavy on the movie. We're going to be wrapping up, and it's going to be a long day. It's also going to be one of those days where Dawson and Natasha break. The movie's going to end, so they're going to separate and go their own ways. There's no reason for them not to, right? Home fucking run, because literally the movie wraps in this episode. Yeah. And they broke the episode before, but they potentially break much further here, basically. This is the finality of it. They go their separate ways. Or so they think. All right, here we go. Last paragraph (laughs) of your predictions. Paragraphs. (laughs) 
That's how they come. That's how they come, man. Pacey's definitely got all the right moves with Emma for some fucking reason. I don't like it, but it's going to happen. They push towards it, nothing happens. By the way they leave it at the end of the third episode, it's like Pacey's gung-ho for this company. He made his decision about Emma. That's never going to happen. But I don't know what happens anymore. Also... I think that Joey and Eddie are going to have all the right moves when Eddie meets Betsy at some point in this three-pack, which he must have. I'm assuming he must have met her. I'm assuming it was probably off-camera because I didn't see anything. Yeah, they went harder on the meeting the dad, but more on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like Pacey's going to end up getting fired, the opposite of that, but we'll talk about that. I feel like I feel yeah. like Audrey's going to be having a storyline with Jen and Supernatural where it's like Supernatural's going to keep pursuing and she's going to be like, dude, I don't want to join the stand. I don't want to jump on your fucking dick. I don't want to do any of that shit. And he's like, come on, man, just come to the stand. We sit <laughs> so we can stand and then we can hug. You know you like to hug me. Especially when you're depressed and vulnerable. And that's the end. The Audrey and Supernatural, way off base. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have I should have said something like, Oh, maybe Audrey dies. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get to whether or not maybe Audrey dies later on too. Let's get these actual breakdowns out of the way. Then we can get down to all these things we've just put on a platter for y'all. Episode ten, Mary Mayhem. An out of control Audrey brings Christmas dinner at the Leary House crashing down. Oh. Yeah. Quite literally. Or crashing through. That might be or into. that might be the most succinct and right on breakdown that the booklet's ever given us. Episode eleven, day out of days. As completion of the film creates an unanticipated opportunity for Dawson, Joey lands back in Boston where she comes face to face with Professor Hetson's unruly teenage daughter. Uh, that's Dick and PDD Harley PDD if, if we're going I started calling her Harley because like she be has become like a real character she's moved to Boston now she's in Boston oh, full she's time she's in the mix she calls herself Joey's friend and Joey is pretty much like yeah yep. and Joey's all like well I mean I guess you really are my friend like I do get paid to hang out with you but I'd hang out with you otherwise episode 12 all the right moves Audrey gets a second chance Pacey is offered an unexpected promotion at work and Joey's reunited with Eddie reunited and it feels so good i love you now i'm gonna walk away he says i love you to try to get her to stay and she straight up says to him wrong answer (laughs) no she says i love you back no she does but she says wrong no no when when he kisses her she says wrong answer she she says this this is like gone or you missed your chance and then he says like she's leaving and he's all like Right, we'll get she, there. We'll she get doesn't there. sound as angry as all that, though. That's the thing. And I can see where she's coming from here. She's trying to motivate this dude. Stop being a fucking punk bitch. He's being a real Pacey from season four right about now. Almost verbatim in the way that he says, you're too good for me. I've got no future. You deserve better than me. I gotta go. And she's like, yeah, but I wanted you. And it's like, I think Pacey said the exact same thing and she responded the exact same way except there were more tears and more people around i just don't understand why necessarily like why these dudes don't just be like oh well if you want me then you're my better future like i understand running that storyline once with pacey and having him learn from that and not be that kind of person anymore right that because there are people that that happens and you learn and you grow and whatever but to bring it back again with another character who had the potential to be so much better and have him pull the same 
oh, woe is me. I'm going to be a fucking janitor with a bus pass angle. It's just boring. I got beef to pick with that fucking angle, too, once we get there. We're ready to kick into this pig right now. Let's talk about Joey, Eddie, Audrey, and the Potter clan all before we get to the Dawson Leary dinner. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to set up the dinner and how everyone gets their asses there. Well, yeah, this show, this uh, three-pack opens up with Joey and Eddie doing their little flirty holiday pan plans. Let's not overlook that it is open with a, like, voiceover once again. Oh, yeah, yeah, Another yeah. voiceover. And not one this that's her talking. This season has been doing that. It's weird. Yeah, I agree that it's weird, but I've just kind of been like, okay, Dawson's Creek has decided season six, the final cut, will be all about switching a couple of things up. It's not that it bothers me, it's just they've done it twice in ten episodes now, so it's not like it's a consistent thing. I mean, I got used to it real quick, I realized it was happening, but anyway, yeah, they're out on the town talking about their relationship, and there's a real weird exchange where he's like, well, yeah, the sex is good, and she says, please, I had better sex in elementary school. She makes really weird jokes. She's trying to be super comfortable with her sexuality now, and it's awkward. Throughout the span of the show, Joey has historically made awkward jokes, and it's not like she even feels comfortable saying them. That's true. I don't I don't know why this character does that. I, I appreciate the consistency of it. If she's going to be not a comedian, but feel the need to like, because I get why you'd want to try and be funny, because it can lighten a tense situation, and she finds herself in many tense situations. Yeah, she's just not a funny person. Not at all. She doesn't have a funny bone. If she does something funny, it's not because she's trying to be funny. Yeah, I mean, like, she's no, she's no Chuck Banner, right? Like, I'm hilarious, but... And humble. Let's never forget it. Oh, you can never forget it, because I'm going to keep telling you. That's how humble I am. Well, here's what Joey says to Eddie right now. And it's, yo, why don't you come back to Cape Side for Christmas with me? I would love it. And he's like, pump the brakes, sister. That's too much, too soon. And then, like, a couple scenes later, he's all like, hey, baby girl, why don't you come to my parents' house after we eat dinner at Dawson's? And she's all like, oh, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, pretty much. So we got to get Audrey along for the ride here, too, though, because... Oh, yeah, because she is day drunk already. Well, she was supposed to get on a plane to get back to L.A., and she got drunk beforehand, and it's probably why she missed her flight. And she's like, okay, because Joey's like, are you drunk already? And she's like, yeah, you always got to get drunk before you get on the plane, man. Don't you know? That's how it works. I'm not doing anything wrong here. It might be 10 o'clock in the morning, and I might be hammered, but flying, right? She's pretty much hammered like this entire three pack. Oh, it's a it's a rough ride for Audrey. It, it's 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 again one of those kind of angles that makes you go, ooh, they're inching towards that OC territory where things get a little wilder, but it's still done through that Dawson's Creek lens. Well, and that's why I I repeatedly wrote down throughout my notes that like i was like this is a bullshit fucking story like i don't like it and it's not interesting it's just cringy and if that's what they're going for then you're successful but if you're wanting me to care more i don't because like it's just it's aggravating it's not a good story oh see it's the same problem that i have with the eddie thing we've done this with jen already we've seen this this is taking it to so that's the whole thing, like, with the Jen and Audrey. It's like the like the similarity between the Pacey and Eddie thing, except they're going more extreme with the Audrey one. Uh, like, 
she's making such a, I'm not that Jen, I don't know. They went pretty extreme with Jen. Like they killed Abby. And the funeral where she went up there and talked real fucking shitty in front of everyone. And Andy had to come and save the day. Like that's true. They did. But this seems like it's on a whole nother collision course. I guess, no, we were concerned that Jen could have been dead probably once at least too. You were real concerned. She was going to commit suicide for a long time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I guess maybe I'm thought she was going to be like, fuck this world. I don't need it. Whether or not it's more extreme, my point still stands. They're just doing the same storyline again with a different character, and I'm not interested in it either. Yeah, recycling. It just it feels like we've been down this road before. Like I don't mind an addiction angle, but pick something different or do it differently. Or I think they feel like wrapping it up in this rock and roll band makes it interesting, and it just doesn't. Doesn't. Not for me, at least. Uh, we'll talk more about that band as we go on. But anyway, as they're in the dorm room and Audrey's hammered, Joey's like, since you missed your flight to L.A., why don't you come to Cape Side 2 and do the whole fucking dinner thing? Gail's host. This is when we find out Gail's hosting a big dinner for everyone. And Audrey's like, man, I don't know. Cape Side's boring as fuck. And Joey's like, well, my dad will be there. And she's like, all right, I'm in. She's like, yeah, I need to talk to him about prison. So Joey goes in. It's a classic move they pulled. Someone disappears into the bathroom in this room and then someone does something shitty. She goes into her drawer and digs out a bottle of vodka and just takes a big... Or no, it's out of her bag, maybe. The, the drawer comes later. She's got, bo- she's oh, got yeah. liquor hidden everywhere. That's what appears to be the case. But then we get to Cape Side and I'm all like, Alexander and Betsy! What? Well, we get a montage that kind of happens as things are being put into place. And that's where we see Betsy and like everyone else. Then we're in Joey's room the morning of Christmas, and that's when Alexander actually comes into the room. A new Alexander, as you said, have to be. And he's got lines, he's trying to wake up Joey, and Joey's like, little kid, it is too fucking early for you to be coming in here and waking your auntie up. So why don't you just go away? Yeah, and at first I was expecting like Eddie to roll over, and then I was like, oh shit, maybe they weren't having Eddie come down there. Well, he wasn't there the night before. He had already said he wasn't going to go. And then Frank comes in, and he's all like, hey, baby girl, why don't you get up? And he, he, she's just like, ugh, I hate this. He's got a cup of coffee, and he's got himself a goatee, and he's ready to go. But here's the thing. A man of Frank Potter's age, I honestly think he looks better with that goatee. Also, it's a little bit longer. Yes. It looks a little bit... It's not like Pacey's goatee. No, no, no. Which, again, we're going to talk about later. Because it it gets referenced explicitly by another character in this three-pack. Two people, two people actually bring it up directly in this three pack so we're not alone in this but mr potter's like i got a surprise for you why don't you go downstairs because someone's outside waiting for you and there's eddie driven up in his fucking jeep whatever he's got with a real christmas tree on top like joey says she always wanted because her r-word sister always wanted a fake tree a lot of hard r's this season it's been surprisingly regressive in terms of its dialogue and it being just really offensive in a lot of ways not that they've been great about that historically. Uh, like they've been, they've dropped a hard R in probably every season so far. Realistically, so I thought it was pretty weird that like Audrey's to the point where she's talking shit to herself in the mirror as she's getting hammered. She's like, "You're a dumb bitch. You deserve this. Drink that fucking liquor, you dumb cow. You don't deserve friends. Why are you even here? These people don't like you. They just want to talk shit behind your back. You should slit your wrist, bitch." And I'm just like, "God damn, Audrey, you need to fucking chill out and maybe call the stand." And and the whole time she's digging through the medicine cabinet trying to find some pills to take she doesn't find anything at the potter's house but she was digging for she it she does that gale she comes out and she's talking to mr potter she's like where's joey and he's like she's talking to eddie what do we know about eddie and she's like i don't know he's supposed to be like this perfect combination of dawson and pacey and mr potter's like hmm interesting 
And I'm like, that's a weird... Because, like, he understands that fucking reference. That's true. And then she comes right out with it, and she's like, so what can you tell me about prison, Frank? Frank's just like, uh... And then they cut away. And we go out to the porch, where Joey and Eddie are talking about things. And then Mr. Potter comes out, and he's like, Bessie needs you in the kitchen. Why don't you go up in there? And then Mr. P starts fucking grilling Eddie. Yeah, and Eddie's all like, ah, well, I guess I'm technically between jobs, and uh, I don't go to school. Uh... And the reaction he's getting from Mr. Potter is, yeah, that sounds terrible, but he's not saying anything. It's just that look on his face. Well, it kind of kills me, too, because I feel like Frank's kind of a hypocrite, because, like... I'm not... I'm going to say it's not hypocritical, because why wouldn't you expect a higher class from someone who's dating your daughter than you, especially if you know and are acknowledging that you're a fuck-up? Well, this guy, Eddie, also has shown throughout this three-pack that he does not have any self-confidence, doesn't think very much of himself. So, like, he's not also trying to really sell himself on, like, the good aspects of him to Mr. Potter. We know more about Eddie than Mr. Potter does. If you're going with Mr. Potter and the little bit of information he gets from this guy on Christmas morning when he just shows up out of the blue when he initially said he wasn't going to come, I'm also going to kind of be like... Yeah, I don't know about this guy. Uh, yeah. He could probably take a fucking hike. And even knowing what I know about him, I'd probably be like, yeah, you can take a fucking hike. Ah, You're fine. I don't mind, I'd Eddie. Like, we can hang out, but I don't want you dating anyone I'm related to. I don't mind, Eddie. He's fine. I like a lot of people I wouldn't want dating my relatives. I feel like it's not my choice, so it's, I don't really have a decision. It's not a matter of whether it's my choice. I would not say or do anything. That doesn't mean I can't have an opinion about it. Even if I, no, even yeah, I, if I keep that. it to myself. But that's where we leave them at. And we get a little bit of Pacey beforehand, and here's Doug back in the mix. So another returning character for us. And it's always good to see Doug. And Pacey shows up in a BMW. Apparently, he's upgraded all the way to BMW status already. He's licking at Ronaldi's boot. Oh, I was super surprised to see Doug, to be honest. I didn't remember. And I don't, I'm not going to say I was surprised, but it is kind of surprising, I guess. Cause... But that's just another home run for me on, you know, returning characters. This whole episode just returning he, he touches pacey's goatee and he calls him slick and sleazy and smarmy and i'm like oh they're just straight up like calling him terrible things now because of this goatee and he's even like so i see you've got this cooking thing out of your system and now you're having a crack cocaine franchise that you started like you got this bmw you got all these presents for everyone like where'd you get all this money from pacey that's the kind of idea we're left with when we leave them before they get well that's the introduction of the is this job as legitimate as it seems on its face i feel like we should have been feeling that from the beginning but now they're laying it on thick like okay we're gonna show how bad rinaldi really is well i just felt like it was a legitimate job and then this whole three-pack introduces the this might not be as legitimate as we think i don't think any kind of stockbroking work is legitimate work so (laughs) so let's get to the leary house but before everyone gets there we're gonna talk about dawson and natasha they're sitting there they're setting up a christmas tree and she's like thank you for bringing me out to the american heartland for a classic american christmas and i'm like that's weird I was super excited to see Gail, and um, I love how I think even somebody said Mitch would fucking love this. She said it. Gail said it because Todd is there, and she's like, I don't know if he would love that Todd's been hitting on me, but he would love this whole situation that's going on. Well, yeah, because I mean, like, he's she. I think she even said, she's all like, Dude, I couldn't imagine, like, you bringing home this actress, like, 
semi girlfriend that you have plus Dawson's the director like, yeah. of the of a movie Dawson's that you're working like, yeah, on. I, I, I don't know if she is my girlfriend either. Like I don't even have a choice in the matter, Gail. I don't know what's going on. Gail, yeah, Gail, quit grilling yeah. me, Gail. Please, Gail. No, I need help. I don't know what's happening. I'm about to fall apart. Get the phone for yourself and call me <laughs> the stand. I need to sit. <laughs> I need to talk to Supernatural. Where's Natasha? I also need a hug. Sit and stand and hug, and it's all I need right now. But actually, what happens is Todd comes into the room and he's like, "Yo, uh, Dawson, your mom is quite a handsome woman. Uh, you mind if I have a go at her?" And I was like, Todd, you drunk motherfucker. Because he's you are wasted. He's been drunk for the whole episode. Every time we see him And Natasha's all like, Hey Dawson, we should go upstairs in your childhood bedroom and fuck. Oh no, he's already up there like changing and she comes in there and she's like, The conditions are perfect. No one's here yet. We got time. Let's lay down a fucking quick bone down. And he's like, mm, I don't think so. Uh I need I need to know. Yeah, because he's I agree with Natasha here. He's thinking with his brain instead of his dick. And why not just keep... He already knows what this is, right? Todd already fucking laid it out for him. You are just having sex with this actress while this movie is going. And when it's done, you're done. By Dawson's reaction to this, though, where he's like, listen, you can't tell me it's nothing because of the way that you reacted when you found out about Joey. And that's when she's like... Because he does. I think he truly believes this is more than that because he's dawson why wouldn't he deep down he's still that fucking hopeless romantic who thinks he can find his soulmate and the first leading lady that he dates in like 19 or 20 in hollywood like why wouldn't he believe that but she's like no it had nothing to do with being in love with you it's just ego that some other chick would be better than me for any guy just happened to be you and it's an ego thing and he's like oh fuck and she's like also you just love showing me off to your friends and family too don't forget about that angle you get off on that bro so let's not act like you're completely selfless in this whole shit yeah and he's just like he's got nothing to say about it and she just kind of rolls out and that's when we set the scene and so far everyone that we see has had like a build-up to their appearance at this dinner except for jen and grams who just happened to show up in that little montage they have before the, we even get to the dinner table, still we got a couple of things where Eddie's like, hold on a second. Are we at the guy from the No Doubt concert and the movie set? Like, is this his house? And Joey's like, yeah. And he's like, isn't this weird? And she's like, yeah, it is weird. That's just how it is, though. She's like, yeah, I've been friends with this kid since I was like five. So this is how we're doing it. There's just so many things that Joey says. And there's another one she says later I'll bring up where I'm like, you have just been beaten down by the world already. And you're just willing to accept shit being weird and go or terrible and just go, okay, I guess that's just how it is. You know what, though? I love that about her this season because she's like it. I feel like that shows growth. Even though, like, some people will be like, oh, you're just giving in. And I'm like, no, dude, you're realizing that the world is shit. And, like, you just got to do your best to enjoy it and fucking keep on trucking, right? There's a time and a place to react a certain way using that mindset, though. And I'm not saying she's been wrong so far, but it has been kind of... We'll get we'll get into it later, because there's a very specific instance of this towards the end of this three-pack uh, that'll be better for this conversation but then we also have Pacey and Doug before they actually go inside. And that's when Doug straight up goes, listen, bro, is this job of yours on the up and up? It's after Pacey gives him like this really expensive watch. And Pacey's all hurt by it. Like, bro, I just want you to be proud of me, man. Like, I just want you to be happy that I'm making money and being successful. Yeah, he's like, dude, I, I had to take a test 
to like get a license to do the job I do. And Doug's like, well, listen, here's the deal, man. Like, um, I'm just worried about you, really. So let's go inside. Let's just leave it at that for right now. This is where we find Audrey digging through the medicine cabinet pre-dinner, finds some painkillers of gals, and pops a couple of them bad boys. Yeah, that was like, dude, what the fuck? And here is where Jen and Grams make their appearance, and Jen immediately is like, Audrey, are you drunk right now? And Audrey's like, yeah, I am. Where's Jack? <laughs> and yeah, and that's when she's all like, she's like, oh, he's in Europe with Andy and uh, a dad character. Yes, and I'd imagine Ghost Tim also traveled with them. <laughs> I'm sure Ghost Tim is there. Maybe was Ghost Mom, Audrey, was, or maybe Ghost Abby. Was Mom institutionalized? Is that what happened to, to Mom? I'm assuming she's still institutionalized. Uh, let's go with that. Um, so they sit down for dinner. They kind of never bring her up anymore. No, she kind well, they don't really bring any of the extended family up. Like, how often do they bring up Andy even? More often than Dad, but this is the first time Dad's been brought up in... Probably seasons. Yeah. Well, I mean, his real life character or like actor is dead. So. Well, sure, but you can talk about him. He was obviously absent enough to begin with. You don't need to like get too creative with where Dad's at. This is a perfect example of mentioning Dad in a perfectly normal way and also keeping him on the other side of the fucking world. Yeah. <laughs> Which fuck him. So they sit down and Todd's like, "Let me say grace." And Todd is straight up blitzed at this point. And he so. This is who I have at that that table, right? I got Gail, Todd, Dawson, Natasha, Eddie, Joey, Frank Potter, Jen, Grams, Audrey, Bodie, Pacey, Dougie Fresh, Betsy, and I assume Alexander, even though I didn't see him, but I saw him earlier in the episode, he's right? There. I got to assume he's there. He's eating under the table like a fucking dog. And that's as who I had at that kitchen table. Like, that's a huge fucking table. Yep. And it, it was. They had everyone around a gigantic long table, and Audrey proceeds to... Oh, and probably Ghost Mitch. Uh, yeah, let's say Ghost Mitch is hanging around. Why not? Oh, and Lily's somewhere around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's probably sleeping. Maybe, maybe. Maybe she's just playing in the backyard on a leash. <laughs> like a fucking dog. She's playing with Ghost Mitch. <laughs> oh, yes. Mitch is keeping her entertained in the backyard. Which is like, I can't eat this food, so I don't want to look at this food. It's pissing me off. I will go play with my daughter, though, on a leash. Let's go put her on a leash. No, a zip line so she can run around. <laughs> Yes, that's even better. Like it goes from a tree to the to the porch, so she can like run the length of the backyard, but she can't get into the water. She can't get out of the dock. No, no reason to get out of the pier. You're not gonna have conversations down there. You're too young, Lily. <laughs> so back inside, actually, it starts out. Mr. Potter is like. Listen, Dawson, I am so fucking proud of you and everything you've done. You Maybe you guys have an opening for Eddie? Because like, you're working, you're looking for work, aren't you, Eddie? Oh, God. And Joey's yeah, that was like, so weird. Joey's like, you better shut the fuck up right now. And he's like, what, man? I'm just curious. She's Why like, no, do people... Being, she literally says to her father, you're being a dick. Why do people feel table. like they have to settle scores on holidays? Why can't you just swallow it all up and be like, nah, man, I'm just here... Because I'm family. Well, from Frank Potter's angle, when's the next time he's going to see Eddie? This is his chance to just put it out there. 
Might as well air your grievances. Yeah, it's not Festivus. Everyone airs their grievances all the time. That's just how it is. This is just a convenient time to do it. I'm not saying it's the right time to do it. <clears throat> this is where Audrey jumps in. and She's like, listen, Mr. Potter, can I ask you another question about prison? And I'm like, oh, fuck. But she doesn't go that route at all. She goes, why is it that you don't think Eddie is good enough for your daughter? And I was like, oh, shit, that was a complete <laughs> swerve. Yeah. Well, and this just got super awkward because, like... Well, like, one, the Todd start of it all was pretty fucking hilarious, to be honest, but it was kind of awkward. Tell, you could tell Gail was not impressed with Todd's grace. She dealt with it with her own grace and composure of a woman who's dealt with a lot of shit in her life. Yeah. But you could tell this was not the grace she was looking for this evening. No. Well, I mean, she's got multiple people who are, like, you can tell are just hammered. Well, once Audrey gets going here, because Joey tells her to back off and Pacey's like, yeah, you're out of line. She's like, oh, yeah, well, fuck you. Like, God forbid I insult the one who got away. So go fuck yourself. And then Jen says something to her. Gail tells her to go lay down. And Audrey's like, listen, bitch, I'm just getting started. And I'm like, oh, you're going to tell Gail you're just getting started in her home? That's crossing a huge line. Yeah. If I were Dawson, I, look, I'm surprised Gail didn't just get up and be like, listen, bitch. You're get the fuck out of my house. In my home until you start disrespecting me. So once you get the... I mean, she ends up getting the fuck out. Because after she calls out Dawson... Before she Joey, comes back in. <laughs> exactly. But before that, she gets in the swipe of the fucking soulmates saying, yeah, let's not forget everyone that these two fucking never dealt with it. So peace the fuck out. Merry Christmas, scum suckers. And she sneakily, apparently, grabs a set of keys that no one notices her grab on the way out of the door. Yeah. And whose keys are they? They're Pacey's keys. So she stumbles around, gets in that fucking car, and starts driving it, and then stops driving it very quickly. Yeah, once she's inside Gail's house. Because they're sitting there, and they can hear the sound of a car moving, and everyone's looking around the table like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, boom, a car is in the living room. Yeah. And Audrey gets out, and you can tell she's even got, like, some blood on her head. Like, she got probably jacked up pretty hard in that. Yeah, that well, that whole thing was super awkward and, like, almost hard to watch. Like, it was just cringy. Well, then you cut from that scene to Pacey and Doug talking, and Pacey's like, you need to just make this go away for me. He's like, I'm going to take all the blame. Everybody believes that Pacey would do something stupid like this, so just make it go away, and everybody can believe I'm a dumb fuck piece of shit. And Doug's like, listen, man, I can make this if that's what you want, but she's going to drink and drive another day, and it might turn out way worse than this. So maybe she should pay for what she's done here. Maybe she'll learn a lesson. And Pacey's like, Pacey's like, I can pay for whatever it's going to cost. And he's like, and Dougie's like, yeah, sure. Just throw some money at it. That always fixes everything. He's like, man, I was happier for you when you were a cook. Well, he honestly, it's one of the nicest things that he's ever said to Pacey while also telling him he's being a dickhead now. He's like, last year when you were a cook, I was happy for you. I was proud of you. And I even admired you. It was honest work almost noble work and it's like damn dog that's high praise but then he goes i guess it didn't suit you and i'm like ah there it is yeah there's the fucking harmless rib but here's the thing in this case because in the past a lot of the abuse hurled at pacey is like that's unwarranted that's unfair but in this case i'm going nah it's pretty accurate because he's been kind of a douchebag since he took this job. And so then, then this was just an observation that I had. And I was like, all right, 
Audrey has like completely gone off the deep end. She has addressed that she has some issues, but she doesn't want to do anything to fix it. And she like all she does is bitch and like call out her friends. Like if I'm her friends, I'd be like, all right, dude, like we've already told you you need to get some help and like fix your issues. And now you're just being like a piece of shit. Like, I don't even want to be around you. Well, she's up in Dawson's room and Jen's like, what's up, dude? What's going on? And Jen's basically like, fuck you. You're just doing this to impress Supernatural. None of y'all noticed I was fucked up like this until tonight anyway. And I'm pretty sure I heard her say, with friends like you, who needs enemas? Yeah. Not enemies. I was like, what? why did she just say enemas there? And Jen just kind of leaves then. She's like, well, then fuck you. That's how you're going to be about it? Like, I've tried. I've tried multiple times. We've seen it on the show that she's tried multiple yeah. times. She's like, dude, I don't even really care that you fucked Supernatural. He obviously doesn't want me. Right. Like, that's not what this between you and I is about. It's bigger than some dude. And you are just wallowing in it. But she leaves her to wallow in it. And then Natasha's trying to sneak out the door. Yeah. And Dawson's like, oh, where are you going? And she's like, dude, like, I'm just going back to LA. Like, this isn't working. You knew that this was going to end. I knew this was going to end. Like, I fucked Max Winter. Like, no, she's no. She said you were right about everything you said earlier about like me not taking this serious or whatever. She said you were right about everything except for Max Winter. She said you were not right about him. So she's saying she didn't fuck Max Winter. I'm pretty sure she said she did fuck Max Winter. No, she didn't. That's she said the opposite of that. Oh, uh, I'm believing I made that a point, she did. I made a point of it. I'm not saying that she didn't, but what she said is that she did not. Well, I'm going to believe that she did. Well, she basically breaks it down and says, I'm too young for anything this serious, which means you're definitely too young for anything this serious. Well, and it seems like a pretty, like, amicable breakup. Oh, I I think he's still a little stunned that it wasn't the little romance he was hoping it would be because he's learned to be that optimistic love boy again. But he's also dealt with enough rejection at this point to be able to handle it and go, well, it's not worth fighting this because it's not what she wants. And that's fine. You're right. It is pretty amicable. I mean, we'll see how it turns out in the future, but more on that later. Eddie is like, are all of your Christmases like this? He's talking to Joey. Like, and she's like, usually we smoke crack and worship Satan. So this was a pretty chill year. I'm yeah. like, again, with a crack joke. And then in this episode. And then like the fucking, um, yeah, Eddie's all like, you know, I don't think you should come with me to my parents' house. And she's like, what? Why? And he's like, ah, just i don't i don't think it's right uh like i don't well he was like your father was kind of a jerk tonight but also he wasn't altogether wrong about me yeah like this was too much too soon i don't think you should come to my place it's just gonna be the same old shit all over again i'm taking off so joey well and it seemed more like it was like almost like they were breaking up but they didn't break up it was really very weird i didn't feel a breakup there but it definitely felt like they're in some murky uncharted waters for them here i felt like it was him trying to break up with her without saying i want to break up and her just being like oh okay you just don't want me to come to your parents that's kind of weird uh but i'll see you in boston and yeah that's all i took it as well and like i definitely took it as he was trying to set like like without being like yo i'm done but like sending that vibe pretty much saying it see that's no 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 he didn't pretty much say it and you can't just send the vibe if you're trying to break up with someone just fucking break up with someone i just thought it was very weird and what's even weirder is the conversation joey ends up having with dawson on the dock 
Yeah, it's a very friendly conversation, but it's like... They're even joking about how they just slept with each other and it was this big deal. And it was a big deal, like, what, four or five episodes ago? And now it's just joke fodder. Yeah. And then they joke about hating each other, but not really hating each other because they'll always be there for each other. But when they actually need someone, they're really not there for each other. But right now, but now, right now, Dawson can be there for her. So maybe she can get some perspective from him. I'm like, what is happening with you two? What is this dynamic? It's weird. It was a very confusing end of the episode. I didn't really enjoy it. Like, I liked the majority of the episode. I thought it was a perfect holiday disaster. I liked a lot of this episode, and I hated a lot of this episode. I hated a lot of it just because, like we were talking about earlier, the Audrey thing is a big rehash. The Eddie thing is a big rehash. But watching it and thinking about it, just was I entertained by the episode itself, like performances, dialogue, and all that. It was entertaining. So you know how I am, right? And how I like the classically good ending. I don't like I like things being wrapped up all nicely and everything like that. Put a bow on something, right? And this has been a historically drama like drama filled show in some of the drama that I don't necessarily really like too much, but I'll get into it in certain ex- uh, like aspects, right? But like this season they've kind of toned down on some of it, but then like they like crank it the fuck up with this Audrey thing and I'm just like I'm done with this. Like this needs to be a season about like give me the fucking feels. Like give me the feel goods and Bro, check, kick all that it. bullshit off to the we're, side. But we're officially at the halfway point here. And it feels like the Audrey thing reached its boiling point at the end of this three-pack, right? So you know we got to come out on the other side of it at least by the end of the next six-pack, perhaps. But that leaves us, even after this, though, with 12 or 13, 11 or 12 more episodes. No, yeah, there's a lot of episodes still left. It's just, and we've we've shown that, or Dawson's Creek has shown us that they're not above being, like, just flipping the fucking script completely in a three pack so just in three right. episodes like you know if we're on 10 11 and 12 and then all of a sudden 13 14 and 15 could be fucking completely flip things over like by the end of 15 someone could be in a completely different relationship i'm i think you're going to be interested in hearing the next three pack of episode titles i think they will be useful to you but more on that later you got anything else to say about uh mary mayhem before we head into day out of days Nope. All right, then let's talk about Monday. That's where we open up. It's where we open up on your home run. The wrapping of the movie, and Todd's like, good job, y'all. And Natasha's like, yo, I'm headed back to L.A. Max got me a gig on this Spielberg movie for a couple days. Maybe it'll be my break. Dawson, you need to learn how to be a fake-ass motherfucker, because that's the only way you can make it in Hollywood. Good luck out there. I have a funny feeling you're going to need it, bitch. And I was like, oh, damn, Natasha. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, this is a pretty, like, another amicable goodbye. There was just, like, more no. sass. Oh, I thought there no, was just more sass. Feel, oh, this didn't feel amicable at all, because the look on Dawson's face, too, was kind of like, fuck you. Like, I don't know. They were definitely not leaving on good terms right now. Well, the funny thing about it is what's going to happen later. Oh, exactly. So let's jump to Tuesday. That's the gimmick here. We go Monday through Friday on this week. So we jump to Tuesday, and we're looking at Joey. And she's leaving a message for uh, Eddie on his phone. And it's apparent we're at some point in January right now. We established in the first scene. And they haven't talked since Christmas, apparently. And she's just leaving message after message. Like, where you at, dog? What's been happening? So it's probably been at least a week since they've been in contact. And then she hears Harley talking in the background about how she's 18 years old. And she's like, what the fuck is going on here? She's like, yeah, she's actually 15. 
And then Harley's like, yeah, bitch, I am Boston resident now. I live with Professor Dick and I'm chilling. And I'm cutting a field trip right now to come to Hell's Kitchen and hang out. And Joey's like, nah, that's not going to happen. You're going to go back to school. And here's another thing she says. It's like cynical Joey Potter coming out. I don't care how miserable it is. It's just life. Life is miserable. And I'm like, if season one Joey could hear season six Joey, she'd be appalled. Yeah, and it's funny because like Harley's all like, yo, where's Eddie? Because that dude owes me like a root beer float. And she's like, well, Eddie's not here. So you need to get the fuck out. (laughs) Harley's like, I can't believe you messed it up with that dude. He's a perfect dude. You're such an idiot. So that's where they're sitting at. Let's find out what Pacey's doing on Tuesday. And that's him showing up at the aquarium, which is apparently a thing he does on his lunch break all the time. Which yeah. makes sense to me. He's a guy who loves being out on the ocean. So going to the aquariums, like, that's one of the best character, like, things that they've introduced for any character in a long time. Like, something that kind of reflects their personality as something that they do. Like, Pacey going to an aquarium is, I don't know, I thought that was a really nice touch for his character. I think it's a good touch, uh... I mean, he does mention that he's like, yeah, it's within walking distance. It's close. That's one of yeah. the reasons why I come here. But he's like, well, there's, there's a lot of there's other draws, right? Convenient. Well, he could go anywhere that's within walking distance. Yes. Yeah. Right. But then he sees well, Emma. And he's like, oh, shit, I never see you here. She's like, well, I don't usually come here. And if I do, it's not till one because there's this thing I watch. And he's like, I'm usually out of here by like 1245. Because I got to be back working by one. She's like, well, it's 1246. So I'll uh, see you later, buddy. And then he's all like, fuck. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to get the fuck on out of here. Well, let's get the fuck on over to the stand. Where Jen's sitting with Supernatural. And she's on this like test call or a, a practice call. Trying to learn how to do it. He's like coaching her. Yeah. And she's she, he's like, listen, you need to not be so fucking negative. And she's like, fine. You know what? I hate this anyway. I fucking quit. He's like, this is your literal first hour of training, and you're already quitting. What's going on? And if you want to come back tomorrow, that's fine. But make sure it's about you, and it's not about me. And I'm like, you dickhead. You're the one who decided to fuck one of her really good friends when you knew that she liked you. You made it about you. Yeah. Yes and no. What do you mean, yes and no? He inserted himself in a situation. I'm not saying he couldn't have done what he did, but he did it with not enough tact to not be a dick. He did it like a dick. Yeah, I mean, I agree they did it like a dick, but she also has the choice of to go to the stand. She doesn't have to go there. She obviously chose to go to the stand and work with Supernatural. But how many other places like that are there for her to go to work at, especially one that's sponsored by the school that she goes to and she probably gets some sort of credits for, like, probably no other options. So if she wants to do that sort of work, that's the only place to go. And if you think about it historically, even before she met Supernatural, and he knew this too, though, because he listened to the show, she was essentially doing this in a romantic way via her radio show. So she's got an aptitude for helping people again. So it's not all about... But she was also negative when she was doing that. Because that's True. what got her the more better ratings. But that doesn't mean she doesn't have the ability to not be negative. She showed that she had the ability to not be negative and it hurt her ratings. And I guarantee you that's probably, they don't go into the details, part of why the show got canceled. She didn't want to keep being negative. The gen we got at the beginning of this season was not a negative gen. It was a pretty solid gen. But the problem with Jen through this whole season is she really hasn't done anything. No, yeah. that I mean, she's solid, but she's just like, yeah, I'm happy, so I don't have any drama, so no reason for me to be on the show. She's had the supernatural thing, but nothing's really happened. Like Things have happened to people around her more than they've happened to her. Yeah. 
and it just feels like she's a character just floating through this season aimlessly. She's a background other, character this season. Well, while, while other characters are having these fucking crazy, insane storylines, like even Jack got the Professor Pop gig. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, right here, he's going to get tested with David. Yeah, but the David and Jack storyline feels more in line with the Jen storylines and that it's in the background. There's less drama with this one, which makes it feel even further in the background, though, because they're just kind of chilling. Yeah. These these Jens got some bullshit going on, but it's again, it's weird bullshit. Why is she... We'll get more into her and Supernatural's dynamic. You brought it up earlier, the flirtation thing, but that comes up a little bit later here. But, but you're right with Jack and David. They are getting tested here. Well, Jack's nervous as hell about it, and David's like, I'm a pro, dude. I'm a pro, dude. Don't worry about it. And I'm like... So we'll talk about it. Never mind. Never mind. I, wasn't. I mean, there's really nothing that really happens throughout the whole thing. It's mostly just... Well, I was going to jump ahead to what comes up with them on whatever day it comes up on right now, but I'll just hold on. So we get to what you were going to say. Todd and Dawson are in this meeting, and they have to do like reshoots for the movie, and Todd's just like, fuck that. I'm not doing this shit. You guys can suck my fucking dick, and this movie's fine. Well, Dawson gets him out in the hall, and he's like, shut the fuck up before you make it any worse. I know what you're saying, but it's also their money. So we got to please them. Let's just go back in there. Tell them we'll take the three days of reshoots you're offering us and we'll make this the best movie we can make it. And Todd's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. They go back in the room and Todd's like, actually, fuck all of you. Y'all are stupid as shit. I'm out. And he's and then he's all like, he's all like, good luck with your future endeavors, bitch. And he, and he walks out and I was like, oh. And Dawson's just standing there like, uh, what just, what happened? Excuse me? And that's the end of Tuesday. We cut to Wednesday. And we're in Professor Dick's class. And Joey comes up to her, comes up to him after class. And he's like, yeah, your daughter was in my bar yesterday cutting for a field trip. And instead of being like, oh, fuck, that sucks. He's like, oh, are you saying I'm a bad dad? Why don't you go fuck yourself, Joey? Yeah, it was pretty funny. And then the only thing that I didn't like about it was Joey says something about like, She's like, oh, yeah, you got, like, this big old male ego. And I was like, why can't you just say ego? Because his is a very specifically gigantic male ego. Like, it's a fair criticism of him, specifically. We're back at the aquarium with Pacey and Emma and talking about the reasons that they're there. And she's like, well, it reminded me when I was a kid because I used to play the violin a lot and I hated it. But there's this fish that I had that I loved. And Pacey's like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of the person that I used to be, too. Which obviously a reference to him working out on the seas for all those months. But then, but then he actually specifically says it's like like the fifteen year old him when he had a crappy haircut and no goatee and he wore Hawaiian shirts all the time. And she's like, she's all like, that guy sounds badass. And he's like, and he's like, well, I'm not the conservative schmuck you think I am. And she's like, why don't you prove it? Why don't you call up Ronaldo right now and tell him you're sick and you can't make it in? And he does it. I was like, oh shit, okay, good work, Pacey. I'm surprised he did it. Like, I feel like it would have been smarter to go back and finish the rest of this day and then call in sick for a full day tomorrow. But whatever you want to do, I'm gonna put the fucking gauntlet down. Fucking whatever. We're going to cut back over to Jen for a minute. And this just shows her being fed up with everyone, though. Because Jack shows up to get David to go out to lunch. And everyone's just kind of bantering about shit. And Jen's, like, snipping it. Oh, yeah. I put that she was super hostile. Well, she's just exhausted with everybody and everything right now. And they're not really getting into exactly why. But because... Necessarily understand why she's exhausted. We just talked about how she's really not dealing with anything. And how are you so exhausted by it? 
I think that's part of her exhaustion is she wants to find someone to fall in love with, someone to date, someone to be with, to be in a relationship. And she's putting her energy in the wrong place, obviously. But the one place that she put it backfired on her significantly. Well, I don't understand why if it keeps backfiring, why do you keep doubling down? Because it's fucking a TV show. That's the only logical answer I can give you. Why in if we're because they don't want to introduce more characters. I mean, I, I, I can't answer you. I'm not saying it's a good decision. I don't, I don't know why. It's stupid and it's annoying. But it's the decision they've decided to fucking make. I feel like it's just lazy writing. Well, Dawson's back in the meeting room. All the execs come in there. And Heather's like, so where's Todd so we can get this thing going? The head dude is like, yeah, he better come in here and start fucking begging for mercy. And Dawson's like, well, actually, he's not going to be here. And Heather's like, oh, so you're just going to clean up his mess like you always do, huh? And I'm like, oh, shit, hold on. Is she, like, standing up for Dawson right now? What's happening? No, yeah, it was almost like she was complimenting Dawson. Because pretty much this whole season that we've seen her, when Dawson's talking, she's got the back of her head to his face. Yeah. Just talking to Todd, literally saying, why should I even be listening to this guy? And now she's like, you actually run the show over there. Again, she's trying to play it up for her bosses, too. Everyone's playing a game. Well, she's also actually seen probably pretty recently what he does and how he actually really is highly involved i don't think she gives a fuck less about whether or not he's good at his job but she knows he's good enough to get them out of this mess which will make her look good to her bosses if she's the one who said this would be a good idea like yeah she can benefit off of this well she's the i think one of the prime examples of what natasha said about everyone in hollywood being fake like natasha is an example of, or not natasha heather is an example of that she's always playing the game fuck you, cut your throat to get ahead sort of person. Yeah. That's how they've portrayed her so far, to me at least. And so they basically like, listen, this is happening. And Dawson's like, but this isn't what I wanted to happen. And Heather's like, well, this doesn't happen often, so stop fucking around and take your opportunity. Yeah, I was just like, what the fuck? This is awesome. And then Dawson's just like, oh boy. He literally, once everyone leaves the room, just goes, oh boy. Like That was perfectly Dawson. But then it's Thursday, and we cut to Audrey with of all fucking people, Jack fucking Osborne. Call back to episode one, Jack Osborne. So we can get Jack Osborne, but we can't actually get fucking Andy on the show? Bullshit. Again, it's a crossover into the MTV crowd because the Osborne... Don't give a fuck. I want Andy. I, again, I'm not disagreeing. If you're asking why, it's a matter of real world decisions, not inner world Dawson's Creek decisions. And then on top of it, I'm like, why is Audrey still in LA? Because apparently Dawson's coming to pick them up from this party because Dawson's just this chill dude who doesn't really care about what happened at Christmas. Like, he's very zen about the whole thing. Dude, yeah. Audrey's just like, I'm actually super happy that you're here no, uh, to me her uh, tone was very i don't have anybody else to call she didn't feel very sincere to me in her because she's like listen you're the only person i knew who would be around and up like oh oh so you were just the most convenient person thanks buddy like uh, to me it felt very fake because even I, I don't know like it was just a weird interaction and dawson the whole time was just like this is cool though like i'm not gonna make a big deal about it i know she's going through some shit right now i don't know i thought the whole that whole scene was weird, too. Well, yeah, I thought it was weird, too, but I just thought it was mostly weird because of Jack Osborne. That was just weird to see him show up, but not any more weird than the first time he showed up. Well, and it kills me because this is where Audrey starts with the, yeah, man, I wasn't ready to go back to school last week, but now I'm ready after, like, partying all night and realizing I don't know any of these people except for Jack Osborne. And it's like, really? I know Jack Osborne? What the fuck? Then it's just like, she's like, yeah, I want to I go back to school now and I just want to get better. And I'm like, bitch, you don't want to get better. 
You just want to tell people you want to get better so you can get the sympathy. Joey's leaving another message for Eddie who still hasn't gotten a hold of her. And she's like, listen, I'm actually worried. Like, this is not like you not get a hold of me for what's got to be like two weeks now. Like, what what the fuck? And that's where she, Jack and David just happen to be there. And she sits down with them. And they're like, oh, no, he'll definitely call you. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. And then David's like, when Joey walks away, David's like, dude, we're guys, right? Like, that dude's definitely not calling her back. <laughs> well, then I'm talking like Jack. I don't even remember how the conversation heads in that direction, but Jack starts to like talk about a bunch of hookups that he had over the summer and like ghosting some people and shit too, like one night stands. And it kind of gets tense. Like he gets defensive about it. And he's like, I don't really need a lecture from you or anything. And I'm like, I think David really even said anything, Jack. No, you guys were literally just conversating. And now you're like getting worked up about all these dudes that you had one night stands with. Like, chill out. That's why you're getting tested. Well, dude, and then we shoot over to Emma and Pacey and Emma's like, you need to shave that shitty goatee off and uh, go back to being the old Pacey. Wear some Hawaiian shirts. Get a shitty haircut. Like, just don't work. And he's like, you know what? I'll pay the rent. He's like, what would you say if I'd been thinking about that recently? Like, that's exactly what I should do. And she's like, I wouldn't believe that you'd been thinking that unless you come here tomorrow again at one o'clock for the feeding of these fish and you wear a fucking awful Hawaiian shirt and you shave off that stupid goatee and you get a bad haircut. Come on down and we're going to do this damn thing in the aquarium. And Pacey's like, mm-hmm, I think maybe I'll think I, about maybe, it. Yeah, let me. Maybe go sit on that one for a while. Jen's on her first real call. Now let's go back over to this frustrating storyline. And the person ends up hanging up on the call. And she's like, oh shit, what did I do? And Supernatural, you probably didn't do anything. Like, they, someone probably came in the room, some shit like that. They're going to call back, don't worry. And the phone rings. She's like, I can't answer that. You got to answer that. And he answers it. And he basically is like, listen, that girl's a little high strung today. Let me throw her under the bus real quick. Yeah, I'll be here for a little while. Why don't you call back in like 10 minutes? Don't worry about it. And he hangs up on them. And I'm like, what? So why did they, did they call back to say that they had to hang up? To then just say they need to call back again later? Like, didn't they just want to talk now when they called back again? No, because they wanted to talk to Jen. No, he said that I'll be here in 10 minutes. He didn't say she'll be here in 10 minutes. He said, yeah, I'll be here in 10. Yeah. Either way, it doesn't it it doesn't matter. I just thought it was really weird that they would call and then call and then have to call again. Then we shoot back to Joey and... Well, we left out... Uh, we left Harley. out the, before she took off earlier with Jack and David when they were there that she found Harley at the bar again and was like, uh-uh. Yeah. I'm not leaving here with you here with a potential date rapist. You're coming with me. And that's when they show up together at Eddie's place. Yeah, and then they go upstairs and fucking they walk in and his room is just empty and harley's like yeah we just went in the wrong apartment right but she doesn't say it in a snotty way it's the first time the harley character sounded like she genuinely felt bad for what joey was going through because she knew what was happening here too and she'd been she'd been talking about that outside before they went in she's like i think i know more about this than you think i know and joey's like because she had said they she knew that they had sex because she referred to eddie as her boyfriend and then Joey brings up a trucker named Bubba once again. Remember the one time she pretended that she lost her virginity yeah. to a trucker named Bubba? It was like season two, maybe even season, no, I think that was season yeah. one on the double date. She does these weird, awkward things where she thinks she's trying to be funny, but it just comes off as fucking I just weird. I thought it was a weird thing to, to call back to was a, a trucker named Bubba taking someone's virginity. But now we're on a Friday. Now we're on the Friday. And Pacey is at his desk at work, and he is in that Hawaiian shirt. Still has his goatee, unfortunately. Same haircut, but he's got a he's got a shirt. 
Yeah. But Ronaldo drops off a big old stack of paper and says, "Yeah, no lunch for you today, and no lunches for you for like you know like the last next week. You got to pick up the slack for being out for a day and a half. No one's here to do your work for you, bitch." And he never shows up to the aquarium. Yep, and Emma's left just looking at other guys coming in there with fucking Hawaiian shirts. Yep, it was just it was weird because they introduced this. Like I wanted it to happen. I wanted him. To, I think that's obviously the point of the episode. Like. I wish Pacey would choose the, the the light side instead of the dark side, but well, it's just another poke at whether or not his job's legitimate. Like this isn't an actual poke at the legitimacy of his job, but it's just a poke at okay, he doesn't even necessarily really want this job. He just likes the fact that he's really good at it and he can make a shit ton of money. I think what they're really trying to sell in this episode is that Pacey doesn't really want this. He's it's convenient and it's good, but he's a better person in his job. Because they leave a lot of interesting tidbits at the end of the three pack where the job goes. But right now we cut back over to Jen at the stand. And he, Supernatural leaves her alone to go outside to get some coffee. And the phone rings. She answers it. He oversees the whole thing and he's loving it. She ends up handling it. But this is the scene where it started. To me, it's where I made a note before he went outside that they started getting flirty. In a very obvious way. Yeah. And I was like, Jen, what are you doing? What are you doing? She's, again, putting her eggs in one basket and doubling down. I understand going to where he works and trying to show him up at helping people. I get that. It might be petty revenge, but I get it. I don't get still wanting to fuck this guy when he has clearly shown zero regard for you as a person. I don't get it. Jen has shown to be better than that in the last season and a half. For the most yeah. part. But then we, we get to the whole ending sequence of the, the, this episode with Joey and Joey going to be babysitting Harley. First, and you snuck right over their very meager storyline, we find out that Jack tested positive. So being a slut, in his words, I think, wasn't really a big deal. No, David said that he was going to be sluttier than him because Jack's so hot or whatever. No, he tested, tested negative. That's what I meant. Like, positive in a good way. Negative in the real sense. I said the wrong thing. You know what I meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you said news, he tested positive, but then you went, like, all, like, not... The news... Hold on. The news was positive. The results yes. were negative. I yes. don't know where... I've heard this exact bit somewhere before as a comedy bit. I'm not doing this on purpose. I just said the wrong thing. So it, it, that storyline even snuck under your radar. But the bit... That's because it isn't really that I big of a I just didn't care. That's my whole point, though. I needed to point it out because it's such a minor thing. And that's my whole point with the storyline. They just float under and I'm supposed to care, maybe? I still don't know who... I nope. still don't know who the fuck David is, right? No, yeah. I'm still, tr- I'm still trying to figure out if we're supposed to trust this character. Because of the whole right. supernatural like him. creep show. I don't show. trust them at all. But I was still, all right, I'm sorry. Go to go to go to Joey and Harley. Yeah. Well, so we got fucking Professor Dick being like, "Here's the deal. Uh, like three times a week, you're gonna watch Harley, and I'll give you sixty five bucks." Or he's like, "I'll give you fifty bucks," and Joey's like, sixty five, and I'll help her with her homework. But I mean, she's got a D student helping her, so it's up to you. And Professor Dick's like, "Yeah, let's do that. This works." Harley seems to like so you. So now Joey's got two jobs and she's a full-time student. 
Joey Potter crushing it. Yeah, I, I don't really feel like the hanging out with Harley is a job. She for is her. still babysitting someone and helping them with their homework. I'm not saying it's difficult work. It's still a fucking job, though. Does she get paid? Does she get paid to do? Does she get paid for a service? That's a job. I feel like she's legitimately becoming friends with. I'm this not going to disagree with that, but that doesn't make the exchange of work for money any less of a job. And then we get the Todd Todd Dawson interaction at the end of this episode that I thought was going to be like a more of a major thing in like the next episode, but there Todd's all like he's like, yeah, man, I'm fucking happy for you, and uh, just remember take a picture of natasha's face when she finds out that you're a new director for these reshoots. i think todd knew this movie was a piece of shit from day one knew it was going to be a most probably piece of shit from day one so he's like you know what i don't care i'm rich already i'm chilling i'm surfing i'm happy you're getting a break i've learned to like you enough that i said i loved you while i was drunk at your christmas table so like good on you go finish this movie up dog and i'm like you know what that's a great i don't know if we see todd again i hope we do but i don't know if that's the end of todd that's a good way to send him off yeah i agree with that anything else on all them days um no i just wanted to say that's the last time we're gonna be talking about dawson this uh three pack because he's not in this next episode uh, james vanderbeek like is absent in a lot of episodes this season so far already yeah. and i think coming up too if you look at it, though, there are a lot of people who miss various episodes, but he's probably the most notably absent. Well, yeah, considering it's called Dawson's Creek. You know as well as I do, this is not Dawson's Creek. This is Joey's Creek. I understand. I just, bad name for the show, though. Can I, I'm going to just drop, I'm going to drop a stat on you right here, right now. It doesn't matter. I was going to save it for the end, but it's not really a spoiler. There's one character who appears in every episode of Dawson's Creek. Only one. Who is it? Joey? Yep. 128 episodes, if I'm not mistaken, and she's the only person to be in every single one of them. And the one that really sets it apart is an episode you hated more than anything, is the downtown one. She's the only one who's in that episode from like the main cast. Everyone else is a one-off. But yeah, she's the only one. So let's head on to All the Right Moves, and let's set the scene. Hell's Kitchen. Audrey coming to apologize to the gang. Well, I guess not the whole gang, just Jack, Jen, Joey, and Pacey. Triple J and Pace. The main gang that's there that isn't on the other side of the country currently. Yeah, I guess so. So the only one who could be missing would be Dawson. I'm not going to count boyfriends. Like, uh, David wouldn't need to be there for this to be the full crew. But either way, she rolls in and she gives the whole speech about being at that party in Malibu. Beach full of strangers. Drunk off my ass. Oh, God. Oh, I've had such a problem. I just really miss you guys. I love you. And I hope you take me back someday. And she goes to leave. I felt like that was actually a heartfelt thing up until we see it again later. I, I wrote... Because everyone's like, stop, give me a hug, come back, we love you, Audrey. I put, Audrey is back, in parentheses, hopefully, dot, dot, dot. I put, I actually thought that everybody else was going to kind of let her leave, and then Joey stands up, and she's like, come on, come on, this is bullshit, come back here. And she leads the the charge to take a stand and give Audrey a hug. Yes, she does. This is one of those episodes... You would have thought that it would have been Jen, considering she works at the stand, where they sit, so they can stand to hug. But no, it was Joey. But this is personal, and Joey's the one who brought her into the group. She's got the deeper connection of anyone at that table. I guess that's true. Let's talk about, this is one of those nice episodes where they kind of break storylines into very convenient chunks. If we get Pacey going to a party, a work-related party, they introduce this idea of this company named Step Attack in this meeting. And Rinaldi's like, push Step Attack. They're going to have this big boom come Monday when this drug gets approved. They're also one of our clients who want to keep them happy. Class dismissed. And everyone leaves like, Pacey, I need you to stay after class. I'm going to invite you to this party at Step Attack's house. 
just a big dog. And you're a top dog. And that's why they want you there. But you're a dick. You were a dick to me in New Orleans. And you were a dick to me at that fucking hot day party. And I need to know if you're a team player. Or are you going to keep being a dick? And Pacey's like, I sold my soul to the devil, baby. I'm 100% in with this company now. Yeah. That's legitimately says I'm 100% committed to this company. I'm like, oh, Pacey. And so then I wrote down that, uh, so... Pacey is uh, broken away from Rich. Like, right after they get there, Rich is like, ah, I gotta go talk to these motherfuckers. Are you okay by yourself? Just like Rich would do. I gotta go. See ya. And Pacey's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And he's, like, standing around just kind of bullshitting with people. And then he's all like, damn, who is this fine woman? No, she comes up to him and is like, I need you to help me. There's this creepy 83-year-old man who keeps grabbing my butt. And you need to keep me... Well, I mean, she was gorgeous. Yeah, but that doesn't mean some guy should be pinching her butt. No, 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 it doesn't. I'm just saying. But did it kind of look like she just got out of a pool? No, she had a wet hair look, which is not uncommon for this time frame. Bad look. She's got really nice hair, though. She does have nice hair. It's just I, I generally don't like that wet hair look. Well, he goes to introduce himself. Unless you're, like, getting out of a pool, right? She, he goes to introduce himself, and she's like, oh, you're Pacey. Your reputation precedes you, man. I heard all about you already. And I'm like, who is this woman? Yeah. They imply here that she knows Rinaldi somehow, but they don't get into how they know each other. And she's talking to him about his job and, like, why he likes doing his job. And she's, like, kind of grilling him about, like, how is she involved in this? But then she's like, this creep just disappeared, so I'm going to leave you alone now. He's like, but I didn't get your name. And she's all like, bitch, you got to work harder than that. Oh, yeah. But he's chilling at the party. They make eye contact later on in the night, and they smile at each other. And then Rich comes up to him, and he's like, Rich, do you know who that woman is? But at the time, the back of her head is to Rich. And Rich's like, since all I can see is the back of her head, no idiot. I don't know who she is. Shut the fuck up. We got to go to Mr. Stepovich's private office so we can all get naked in the dark and touch each other while we light candles from matches stuck in our urethras. And Pacey's like, 100% committed. 100%. Let's head in there. And the woman watches him head into the office. So she's just scoping things out. And again, I'm like, who the fuck is this woman? We are introduced, once they get into this office, to the fourth person from Twin Peaks to make an appearance on Dawson's Creek, two of them being in this room. I'm sure you recognize the guy who is playing. I recognize the guy. I don't I don't recognize him as being from Twin Peaks. I, know, I, I, know, I know I'm not bringing up Twin Peaks for your benefit. I'm bringing up for my benefit in those listeners who have watched Twin Peaks. I know you haven't watched it. We've been over this. I'm going to point it out, though, because two of the four are in this scene. And he's playing a scumbag, or what is telegraphed as a scumbag company owner. This is where you really get the first impression that this is not a legitimate job. Well, I think the first impression really came with the conversation from the woman earlier, who was like, grilling pace, she clearly knows something he doesn't, and we don't know what it is either, and she's in on with this company, and she's like, what are you really doing here, though? Like... I feel like she already kind of planted those seeds of doubt the same way Doug did, but more directly. But right, this is where we get the confirmation that it's yeah. something weird's happening. Yeah, because he even says something like, I don't know if I'm the best man for this or whatever. And what they offer him, both of those guys are like, really? Well, what they offer him is a promotion. He gets a raise. His title stays the same. And his name is going to go on every transaction of Stepovich's that goes through the company. It's all on you, baby. And you get some big money for that. 
and that is when he voices concern. Now Rinaldi shows the oh really because he's like Pacey, play it fucking cool. Because Rinaldi didn't warn him about this promotion. Yeah. Before this meeting, I don't know if Rinaldi knew that Stepovich was going to bring it up in this meeting. He seemed kind of blindsided too. And Stepovich is like, "What the fuck? Oh really?" Because he's like, "I thought this dude was ready. I thought he knew what was good." And Rinaldi's trying to hide from him. Well, this motherfucker literally just passed his series seven like yeah. a week ago. Uh, he's a rookie. He's just really good at this shit. I mean, yeah, it just feels super, super shady. But Pacey ends up apparently agreeing to it, and he's leaving. And as he's leaving, the woman comes up to him on the fucking front steps of the place. And she's like, oh, it was a big night for you, huh? And he's like, how did you? And he's like, oh, I saw you go in that office earlier. I know what happens in that office. Maybe you should step back and consider why all of this has been so easy for you so far. Hmm? And Pacey's just like, what? Yeah, but I mean, on the flip side, Dawson's Creek has historically shown us that anything that Pacey wants to do, he can do very easily. I'm not, oh, I, I think that's absolutely He falls true. ass backwards into like a chef job. But but this is a different world, and they showed us that with the, the setup in the office. It's supposed to make it clear to us that this, yes, Pacey was good enough to rise through the ranks and be recognized, but now he's being set up for something. So at one, at some point, it doesn't matter how good you are, what you do. If someone decides to make you a fall guy or whatever, this is going to be like you were just a sucker and didn't see it coming, too. She's yeah. trying to give him a heads up. Like, listen, bro, I clearly know what's going on. I'm giving you a heads up. Think about why this has been so easy for you. Why you're getting a raise without a title change. That seems kind of suspicious. And why are they going to put your name on every single transaction of this company's? Yeah. That seems a little weird, too. Is that normal practice? Things you didn't even work on, now your name's going to be on, huh? I'm sitting there the whole time in that meeting going, Pacey, what are you even thinking right now? This is an obvious setup for something. Yeah, I think at this point, I'd be like, you know what? I'm out. I quit. I don't, I don't remember how this plays out, either. I'm just going based on like how I feel like this is being set up to shake out. I just wonder, does Pacey actually take a fall? Or does he get out beforehand? And save his ass. Yeah, I think I'd just be out. And be like, you know what? I'm just going to dip. I know what you'd do. I'm speculating on what would he do. I don't know, is what I'm saying. I I don't care what I would do. I'm not important. I would never work this job in the first place. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. I feel like I feel like he's got the ability to dip. Uh, you what, Was it uh, Emma that said to him a couple episodes, Pacey, you've always got a choice. So, yeah, they made it clear. He can dip when he wants. No one's forcing him to work this job. If he's been smart with his money, which he probably hasn't been, he's probably taken everything he's gotten and put it out to look successful. You know what I mean? He could have saved up and been able to leave this job and work something that paid a little bit less, but would make him happy until he could work his way back up at some other restaurant or yeah. again, whatever he decides to do. But he doesn't. As we leave him in this episode, it seems like he's got questions, but he's still in. So let's jump over to his ex and the complete fuck up of this three pack, Audrey. Hell's Bells. I did not really like this storyline. I wrote a lot of side notes about how I just don't like this well the, the long and short of it is hell's bells is trying to a new singer because she fucked up she gives them the sob story about the malibu party and they go okay we'll give you a chance they go because she's gig. like legitimately good right we know that it's an act at this point at least i felt like this is the first time i was like oh, this is definitely an act because her delivery is like word the for word, same exactly the same and i'm like oh she rehearsed this okay okay but they give her the chance they go and they show up at this fucking gig to get ready. She meets this guy from one of the other bands called Satan's Tampon, which I was like, fuck you, Dawson's Creek. 
for trying to be edgy and failing so miserably. Very badly. In only the way that Dawson's Creek can. Um, and he's like, yo, there's this party on the bus later. Why don't you come to it? She's like, ah, think about it, man. So she shows up on this party. He says after the gig. She shows up on the bus before the gig. And he's just sitting there all sober, looking grumpy. And he's like, why don't you drink this liquor? And she goes, no. He goes, why don't you drink this liquor? She goes, okay. And then he's like, why don't you take this pill? And she's like, okay. She's all like, yeah, I'm trying to stay off the drugs and stuff now, like trying to be sober. And I'm like, if you want to be sober, why not put yourself in that situation when you know you're not ready to handle being in that situation? Because she doesn't want to be sober. You know that already. She wants to keep being fucked up. She just, she, it's the first time. She just doesn't want to take responsibility. It's the first time as an addict that she's taking loved ones in her life through the emotional ringer of their addiction, using their emotions, manipulating them, feigning forgiveness and change. And it won't be the first time she does it, like Doug is saying, if she keeps down that path. At first, I thought this was all happening after the gig, like that this party was just happening after the gig so i was like oh okay like if you're gonna do this and party and stuff like that at least you're doing it responsibly to a point of like sure. you're taking care of your responsibilities before you that right like you're not showing up to work fucked up and that's the problem she doesn't look at and I, I mean i'm not saying being in a band is the same as any other kind of job but it is a job it absolutely is work especially if you're a small touring band in a van going around the country like they're trying to be like that's a lot of fucking grimy ass work yeah and she doesn't be, she doesn't view it that way to her, this is just some fun she has on the side while she's going to college. Yep, and that's and why she passes up. out f- during the set. After she stage dives and she's like, the drugs are starting to kick in or something, and she fucking, because she has some weird visuals, and then she gets like tossed back on the stage and just like passes the fuck out. And then the crowd starts booing her because she passed out. Now, while Audrey was getting up on stage, Emma Spider taking a shot. So she's like, oh, fuck. I know she's fucked up right now. So after the debacle of the pass out, she goes back. She gives her some water. And she's like, you're out of the band. Well, she's like, you feel better? And Audrey's like, yeah, I'm starting to feel better. And she's like, all right, cool. You're out of the band. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I'm done with you. So she stumbles back into her dorm later, chugs a bottle of liquor that she pulls out of her drawer. And she looks at herself with disgust in the mirror again, her in the mirrors, dumps that bottle out in the bathroom sink. But she's so fucked up, she drops it. And it's a glass bottle and it breaks on the floor. And she goes and lays down in bed. Yep. And we're going we're gonna to get back. We're going to see Audrey later. But we're going to leave her asleep for now, as far as we're concerned. It's funny because I specifically wrote down this to end this little part of Audrey and Hell's Bells. Audrey's going off the deep end. And then I wrote, is she going to be the one that dies? Um, nope, nope. She dumps the rest of it down the drain and then goes to sleep. That's what I wrote. All I wrote was I stopped it. She drops the bottle on the floor and breaks it. I didn't even write down that she went to sleep. I didn't even care about her getting in bed. I was like, in my head, I was like, someone's going to step on that glass bottle later. That's like, Joey's going to come home later and step on a barefoot and have to go to the hospital with a cut foot. Like, I didn't even think about about Audrey at all. So I wasn't concerned. Well, speaking of Audrey, or speaking of... Well, I was thinking about it because I had predicted that someone's going to die this season. Oh, no, I... Tr- uh, you know how I already make the previously ons ahead of time before we even record to mention them on the episode, which I rarely do. This one definitely has the poll quote from you. I, no, actually, I think it's me because I don't, again, I don't remember exactly how everything plays out. It's just me asking, what are the odds 
that someone else dies this season. And I left out your response because we don't know, but the response was, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So we know, we know your feelings on that, but no, I bring it up. I Again, whether or not she dies doesn't matter for another episode to talk, but it's definitely leading down that path, which this show has been known to do. One a season is our average, pretty much, I think we've established. So we move on to Joey. So Joey and Emma are talking about wanting to fuck the new bartender that replaced Eddie, and it's just Joey being weird about sex again, basically. Well, it's because everybody expects her to be a priss. So she's just like, what, I to have sexual fantasies she is a priss though that's the thing she's not she talks about sex oh but she might think about it but if you don't talk about it and you get weird about it which she usually does it kind of makes you a priss i'm not saying that's a bad thing but she is one she's trying to be less weird about it it's just like her trying to be funny it doesn't work yeah for me, it just, it's so awkward for her to try and talk sexy for me. Like, But then Emma's like, hey, girl, can you clean out fucking Eddie's locker? Like, you can just throw all that shit in the garbage. And Joey's like, yeah, I'll do it. But the look on her face is, oh, I'm not ready to deal with that yet. Yeah. But she finds this manuscript in there from a publisher that like had gotten rejected. There's a bunch of short stories from Eddie. So she grabs that and leaves with it. And she goes back to her dorm and she's tutoring Harley now. Well, and I wrote down a couple of things about this because i thought this was especially weird right the fact that okay this still doesn't explain where the fuck he went to i had guessed in the last episode like in my notes i was like i wonder if he just moved back to his parents house and like obviously he had kind of thought that they were broken up so he just didn't say anything about it to her but then she's blowing him the fuck up and he's not answering her calls i'm like I, like, I almost kind of turned it on him where I was like, come on, bro. She's clearly into let, you, right? Let me ask a question here because I don't know if it was established. I don't remember off the top of my head. Do we ever see that Eddie has a cell phone? Maybe she was trying to call the landline in his apartment, and the reason he wasn't obviously answering is he had scooted the fuck out of there. I don't know. I think I just assume people have cell phones. At this point, I think it's fair to assume. I'm not going to argue like it's season one where it's not fair. At this point, you're right. I think it is fair to assume that. But they also established that Eddie doesn't have a lot of money and yada, 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 yada. So it could make sense that his character might not. I just don't remember if they ever showed him with a cell phone. I know he said it. Yeah, I, I don't he said, really recall. I know earlier when we first meet him, he says he's not much of an internet guy or something like that. So clearly technology is not his thing. Yeah. Either way, she can't get a hold of him. And you're right to a point. Like, you can't just ghost a motherfucker like that. They got pretty goddamn serious and he just disappeared. That's Just let a motherfucker know you're okay, even if you're not interested in talking talking to them anymore yeah and then like so yeah i just thought that was weird and then like i was just like i don't know it was just it was weird that was how i felt at the time too it was just like come on dude like gotta do something well that's the whole point of the storyline here that's what it comes down to like that's what it's about i understand I'm not like I'm just saying that's the whole point of this is this dude isn't doing anything. That's why it's so fucking frustrating. Well, yeah, and I mean, I guess the the writing for for that got me to feel the way they wanted me to feel. So Again, it's the, it, I guess they did it's their the job. Of the pacey thing, because by the time we get to the end of season four, like until he decides to go out on the boat in the summer, he's just he's got nothing and he doesn't care about anything and he's not going to make any moves. And then he decides I'm going to go work on a boat for the summer. Peace out, y'all. I graduated somehow. You know, like, it feels like they're doing the same thing with Eddie. Like, I got nothing to live for until he gets pushed to the brink, and then he finds out what's going to save him. 
Which we get into here, though, because it comes down to his manuscript. Joey brings it up, and the address on there, she's like, I think it's his parents. And there's an, a telephone number on there, too, because obviously people usually put their telephones on their mail. And Harley's like, then call it. And Joey's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Maybe I should call it. And she calls, and Eddie answers, and she just hangs up. So we cut back to Hell's Kitchen later, and she's reading the manuscript now. And Professor Dick comes running in. He's coming and looking for Harley. He's like, the school called me again. She's cut school for the fourth fucking time this month. And Joey's like, ah, she's a good girl. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. We'll figure it out. And all of a sudden, Harley comes rolling in. And she's like, hi, Daddy. Don't worry about it. I just had an error in the running rooster. And I got a surprise. Eddie's here. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, I remember that now. And then Eddie's all like, shit. So, like, girl, I'm sorry. I'm I'm okay. I'm alive. No, no. What he says is, Harley told me about the but- baby. I'm here. But I'm here to help with anything that you need about this pregnancy. And Joey's like, I'm not pregnant. I never told Harley I was pregnant. I did not know that that she was even doing this. And she's basically like, listen, fuck you for just ditching me and taking the easy way out of this bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. And he's like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And she's like, whatever, dude. I don't fucking care about this bullshit anymore. You're just giving me a whole bunch of running around. Well, and then Eddie's finally like, he's like, you want to know the real reason why? He's like, I was ashamed. He was like, ashamed that I couldn't get a job. And this is where, again, he echoes Pacey, uh, where he's like, you know, you deserve the best guy Mm -hmm. in the room. And then this is the part that I take offense with. Uh, Not the guy that picks up the best guy's trash or serves him his food. And I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like, why do you have to put down people who are like working you can't even get that job why do you fucking have to put those people down they're working at least right and then like you got everybody's got to fucking like someone's got to do that fucking i'm not work, i'm not right? defending his stance but in his mind that's not the kind of successful that he needs to be to consider himself successful not saying that's the right outlook but that's just how he feels about it like he wouldn't have been good enough for joey even if you'd have kept his bartending job like in his mind you know Even that wouldn't have been enough, I'm sure. He's just looking for excuses to get out of something that he feels is real and scares him. That's all it is. It's Pacey all over again. Oh, he ended up leaving anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. And fuck that dickhead anyway. I'm not necessarily like, fuck that guy, because like, I don't mind the character, but... Great, because you know what, in the past, you're an immediate fuck that person guy, and I'm always like, hold on, pump the brakes, don't worry about it. Well, I'm, I'm pulling the Chuck Banner tonight, baby. Fuck Eddie. Eddie Dolan. He can suck my whole fucking dick and balls at the same time. He's a dickhead. And an asshole and a worthless fucking character on top of it. I think Professor Dick's a bigger piece of shit. But he's more entertaining to me than Eddie. We haven't had a character that's as entertaining or like... We've had a lot of dickhead teachers in Dawson's Creek. We've covered that ground many times. But at least he's funny. Not like the one who fucking made fun of Jack for being gay or whatever. And Pacey spit in his face. That guy was a real piece of shit. Oh, that was... I I loved when Pacey spit in that guy's face. uh, Great storyline. Awful teacher. At least dickhead is fair but a dickhead well it doesn't matter this is where the manuscript really comes into play though well and it seemed like professor dick was down to do it until he found out that it was eddie's like if it was just joey's like he would been like yeah that's cool i'll read them like i'm going to be brutally honest but like i'll do it and then she's like all right i just want you to know they're not mine right they're eddie's and he's like oh fuck that guy and so he goes to roll and harley intentionally leaves her bag and she's like joey don't worry about it i'm gonna work on him so lo and behold, later in that, he comes back to grab the bag. He's like, yeah, I know what was going on here. I understand it. I read some of the stories. 
and I do see a lot of potential as much as I fucking hate to admit it. Joe's and he's like, all right, I'll write a recommendation for him to get into this one school, but like he's still got to like do the work, right? Like he can get in based on his own potential. I don't really have to do anything, but I'll write a recommendation. I got no problem doing that. Well, Joey's like, and... could you do me a favor and tell him that? Cause he's like really down on his luck right now. He's like, no, I will write the letter. You can convince him. I don't like this guy that much. Yeah. He's all like, I think the guy's a piece of shit, so I don't want to fucking do it, but I'll write the rack because that's so she easy. rolls up to Eddie's parents' place, knocks on the door, and she's like, "Listen, here's what happened. Here's the deal. Reference letter. Good to go. You can get into this workshop if you want to be." It, well, his response is, "I don't see what the point about this is." And then she's all like, "You know what? Fine." She's like, "I don't understand why you've just like resigned yourself to." having like just a whatever life here in Worcester when if you just apply yourself a little you can have everything that you want whatever happened to the guy that wanted to take chances and do everything like are you just full and of that's shit when he kisses her and that's when she's like wrong answer and that's when he's like i love you yeah well no no that's when he's all like he's like well i thought you were just like that's what i was doing i was taking a chance right there right like just doing what you wanted me to do and she's like no I want you to do it because you want to do it. And he's like, not everything is easy, you know, or whatever. And that's when he's all like, well, I love you. And then she's all like, I love you too. And then she's like, I got to yeah, leave. I love you too. But since you can't act right, I got to go. And it breaks my fucking heart. But you don't deserve to reap the benefits of my romantic love if you're going to be a pud. So is that just over then? Because I think that's okay, fucking stupid. Now, quick to the Chuck react immediately and overreact at that. I don't know, bro. It was a cliffhanger at the end of a fucking three pack. Do you think it's over? Okay, then. No. That answers your I question. Don't. And that's where we get to speculation and predictions about things. But not before joey makes a discovery when she gets home yeah discovery of the broken bottle and the fact that audrey is fucking unresponsive and i'm all like crack well she home gets to run. the phone that's what i literally wrote down in my in my notes is another she, home run do you, she gets to the phone joey does and she calls and that's the last thing we see is her trying to get some help there because audrey is the fuck out before you make a prediction about it because you put a question mark obviously about that about whether or not Audrey's dead. Do you want the title of the next? Hold on. Give us your three-pack thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's my three-pack final cut review. And in as little words as possible. So many returning faces. Audrey hits rock bottom and Dawson and Natasha is over. Holy shit. That second episode was fucking great. Hinting at uh, Pacey nixing the goatee. Where the fuck is Eddie? And Dawson's going to be directing with Todd's nod of approval. Also, third episode. What the fuck, man? No Dawson. Jen and Jack uh, literally in the opening scene and then they piece the fuck out. Uh, Audrey's uh, piecing the fuck out of the band and maybe life. And Joey and Eddie love each other, but then immediately walk away from each other. Don't know what the fuck's going on there. And Pacey got a shifty promotion. We didn't dwell on it too hard or hard enough. I want to just bring up that goatee again. It survived. It survived it's another bad. three pack. That's 12 straight episodes. This is like your initial. I do have a prediction, though. Are you ready to get to those? And do you want the three-pack titles before you get anything? Or do you want to give me this prediction before you get those? This prediction doesn't even need titles. Before 
the season finale, Pacey will have shaved off that fucking hideous goatee. Before the season or before the series? Series, seasons, all same. They're two different things. Before the season finale. Okay, I was like, just trust me, they're two different things. Season finale, that goatee's gone. Yeah. Pacey shaves that thing off. Yeah. All right, let me give you some clues about these next three episodes by the titles. Episode 13, Rock Bottom. Episode 14, Clean and Sober. Episode 15, Castaways. Wow, so this is going to be an Audrey-centric three-pack, I'm guessing, because... At least for two of them. She's definitely going to hit Rock Bottom and apparently cling, cling to life. Maybe, maybe I'll be right. And I'll get what I want. Maybe she'll actually die and then come back, be brought back. And and they'll be like, your heart stopped for so-and-so time. And now you're alive again. And Audrey's like, I need to get clean and sober. So, yeah, that first two-pack is just going to be all about Audrey getting clean and sober and hitting that hard rock bottom. She's going to be in the hospital fucking... uh, the whole gang is going to show up, or at least Joey will. Maybe her mom. Yeah, let's go ahead and say mom will show up. No dad, okay. but mom. Yeah, we never met dad. We know he likes Pacey, or at least thinks Pacey would be a good fall guy. Which is not necessarily a good thing. So I'm saying fall guy. So anything with anyone else, because every time you say a two-pack or any episode is all about one thing, it never is. What's going on with the gang at any point in those two episodes? There's two episodes. Something's got to happen. What's going on with Joey and Eddie? This thing that you're wondering if it's over or not. What's going on with Dawson and directing? What's going on with Pacey and the fall guy? Maybe just throw castaways in there too and fuck it up. What's going on with everyone in this three pack? What are they doing? Audrey's getting clean and sober. That's true. Yes. What the fuck is, every, what the fuck is everyone else doing? Jack, David, still going to be keeping on, keeping on. At least now they're just like more, officially whatever, whatever, dating. Whatever. Because, like, we, we saw he kissed him, so, like, I'm guessing that means they're dating, right? I feel like they, they, I don't know if they're dating any more than they were before. I feel like they, I feel like it's officially official based on I that. I like they've been dating, like, the whole time. I don't know. But they still haven't said anything about dating. Like, yeah, okay, yes, they kissed in public, but they still haven't said we're dating. I've kissed people in public, I'm not dating. I mean, it wasn't while I was getting uh, an STD testing or anything at the time either. So it makes it a little more intimate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, anyway. So they're dating, right? Fucking, there's going to be more of the stand. Do we find out anything about David and if he's a good guy or not? No, bad it's guy just going to be more more of the same. I feel, like this, I feel like this storyline really isn't progressing in like any real way. But do you think they'll have a payoff for it eventually? They just let it simmer for one thing to happen later. Down I really the road? don't think it is going to pay off. I think the payoff is going to okay. be Jen dating Supernatural. You think that they end up dating? Yeah, I don't fucking know why, but it, I feel at least they're going to end up fucking in this three pack or beyond. Sometime this season okay, until well, Supernatural's gone, until he does something else weird. So what happens with them in this three-pack, then? If you're going to give me it, they're going to fuck by the end of the season. She's going to still be working at the stand, and there's going to be a lot more flirting going on. And then they're going to hug, laying down naked at the stand. Dawson and Director. Oh, it's going to be hilarious when we see Natasha's face. And Dawson's going to kill the shit out of this directing gig. And Steven Steven Spielberg is going to call him up and be like, good job, Dawson. Good job. And then he's going to wake up from a dream where... That happened. Do you think? But he still kills the 
the directing. Do you think Dawson Leary has any form of contact with Steven Spielberg before this show is over? No, outside of the contact he's already had with Steven Spielberg. So none. We're not going to count what he brought up the one time. You don't think yeah. you don't think Steven Spielberg will ever call Dawson Leary because he's Dawson Leary. I don't think so, but okay. I, I'm not saying one way or the other. I don't remember. I'm Unless he becomes this. good friends with him in the series well, he could finale, be, he'll be calling him up for like work or something. God, could you imagine? <laughs> it says he come to the wedding. Let's not forget George Lucas showed up on the OC. Why couldn't Steven Spielberg show up on Dawson's Creek? Yeah, I don't see it happening. I'm not saying it does happen, but George Lucas might have just been following in Steven Spielberg's teen drama footsteps. Maybe. Okay, Pacey, Pacey the Fall Guy. What happens over there? I think Pacey's gonna... Uh, what about the Mystery Woman? So, what, what? Castaways? That's the last one, yeah. So, yeah, and he's going to cast away, and uh, he's gonna get on a boat, right? He's gonna fucking quit this job... And he's going to be like, dude, I got to go back on the water. Does he cast away the goatee? And he casts away the goatee, finally. But no, so the final bit of prediction I'm looking for here, Joey and Eddie, where do you think that goes in this three pack? There's not much for them based on these titles. Maybe there's nothing with them. I don't know. That's She's going to be in every episode, but the first two episodes are going to be about Audrey. And, and then Audrey, when she's getting clean and sober... Well, actually, see, her storylines are going to mix between her trying to, like, stay clean and sober and maybe going to the stand or calling the stand and also with Joey. So then she's going to be like, oh, shit, like, I'm sorry, too. Like, even when I was doing all this stupid shit, like, I completely didn't think about you and Eddie. Like, how is that going? What's happening? Um, Like what the fuck you know like and so like she's like talking to her about it and filling her in but yeah like i think they're gonna be trying to work it out i guess like they seem to love each other they said they did why the fuck wouldn't they try to work it out right so yeah that's what i got about that okay well then that's the end of this episode y'all thank you for joining us on this lovely ride through what brings us to the halfway point of the final cut you can catch all of our new episodes all of our old episodes and everything in between on spotify apple Podcasts, and of course at 50 grand and until the next time we bring you an exhilarating three pack from the final cut oh also if you've listened to this far i want to say for anybody who celebrates easter happy easter i hope you at least have a neutral easter just have a good day And until next time, we be be creaking. creaking.